with sorry this well done ananya reverse is that your impression of rewinding yes <laughs> wow <laughs> ooh baby i don't want to be alone tonight ooh baby i just want to listen to a podcast that i like ooh baby it's cool cross the exes Hello, 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 hello. Welcome to Cross the Axis. This sound like an auntie at a kitty party. Hello, 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 beta. Hello. Wow, dude, just fucking needless. Attack. Don't do it. Please start over. I am Who not saying that. Like that. You know what? I want the world to know this is weird. <laughs> you know what? The friendship that we. I'll match you. Of. I'll match you. Okay, you go on. Do it. Welcome to Cross the Axis. <laughs> <laughs> Hello beta. Hello ji. Hello ji. Oh, you everything is fine at home. Are you bhaiya aap batao sab theek thak ghar mein. Ha ji ha ji sab all good ha. Bas chal raha hai bas chal raha hai sab kya bataye ji aap. Just getting by no. Just getting by. Everyone is getting by nowadays. Yeah. Everybody. Okay. Idiot. Wow. Welcome to episode 11. Of course, the X's. Another new milestone. Well done, us. Yep. Single clap is fine. Um, <laughs> it was very hard for us to figure out what the theme of this episode should be because mm-hmm. the last theme was very, very personal and yeah. very vulnerable. Yeah. So today we're going to go with something slightly less personal, but still fairly important to us. Personal, yeah. Still fairly important to us, right? Yeah. We're going to be talking about TV shows, but not just any TV shows. We're going to be talking about TV shows that have profoundly impacted us and left a mark on us that influences things in our lives, right? Like, for example, yeah, yeah, we both love Friends, but Friends hasn't yeah. determined the way we live our lives. No, except for you know not sharing food, which I would have done anyway. <laughs> yeah. I you know how my mother has impacted the lives of the public in general in that it has made men shittier to be with. Yeah. But it's not impacting uh-huh. us personally. It's right? not. Although I, I'd like to add a little thing here to say that the shows that I want to talk about today are not necessarily shows that some are that have had a real impact on my personal life. But I think most of the ones that I've chosen are the ones that have had an impact on the way I think. So even though they haven't changed oh, yes. the way I live my life in any way, it's oh, simply enough yeah, yeah. they've added a dimension to the way I think about the world. Right? I'm I'm so, absolutely in agreement with that. I get it. I get that. That's exactly what I've done as well. You know what? Mm-hmm. Without further ado, for the first time, <laughs> let's get right into it. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. My first show is the one that's most recent in my most not most fresh in my memory as one that had a real impact on the way I think. and it's watchman i know for a fact that this is not just a show that i <sighs> truly love it is also a show that you do love so because much. we basically watched it together so we much. did like I a marathon so together i <laughs> as someone who's working on watchman for her phd obviously i felt the need to take copious notes as i watched the show because it was ridiculous it was so good so good yeah so here's the thing right 
I'm so excited. I get to talk about this. I'm not even going to be half as articulate as I in my mind I am. As in, in my mind, I really understand the show, but I'm not going to be that good. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Here we go. It is excellent. It is my ultimate dream to teach that show as a standalone module to students. I genuinely and the reason I say that is not not simply to compliment it. Okay, I'm 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 saying that to make a point about how layered it is. It is one of the most sophisticated things I've ever seen. Simply in terms of how much it expands on an already existing piece of literature that yep. in itself is so deep, right? Mm-hmm. Watchmen, the graphic novel, is in itself fantastic. Oh, right, it was it one of the greatest so- works of art of this century. Yeah, yeah, and then the show takes the graphic novel, which you don't even think. I mean, firstly, adapting a graphic novel into a show is in itself a is a feat. right and on top of that to make it better and to make it even more relevant i mean it's incredible and 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 i want i i really want people to watch it not i mean even if you haven't read the graphic novel that's completely fine just watch the show for what it is and it is especially relevant right now given what's happening in the world with black lives matter something by the way which was always important even before this hashtag came into existence right i mean uh-huh, uh-huh. understanding understanding the racial history of america was always important i mean we were way more than a hashtag of course of yeah. course you know what i mean my point is before uh-huh. this whole talk started about it which now obviously is such before- a Before, pe- before people around. who weren't black realized that black lives matter. Basically. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So understanding racial history of America in a way that Watchmen does is incredible. Now here's here's the thing. I don't want to give too much away, of course, in case people haven't watched it, and that's completely fine. But I just want to say that the graphic novel itself had no element of race in it. I, no, it, it not, didn't. I mean, and, and not not explicitly, no. Yeah. Not explicitly didn't. And when the show and the, when when the show does it, when the show actually brings in something as sensitive as race in, oh my god, the way they deal with it, that the way Beautiful. it has been weaved into the narrative is almost as if like I mean, why was it not always there, right? Why was it? Why it, I mean, it just I feels wish like an extension. A hundred percent. I wish I was working on the TV show rather than the graphic novel. I oh, mean, you'll never. ever hear me say that about anything right <laughs> i mean the adaptation just i mean i can't even call it an adaptation it's simply it's richer it's just richer right yep. and so right so the reason i am so impressed with it and i'm not going to get into the plot points really mm-hmm. um because i think no spoilers and that's by the way that's something we're doing this yeah. episode there are no spoilers so you can listen to it comfortably right so whether it's the i'm just going to literally like say the buzzwords touch mm-hmm. upon the things that really stuck out for me for instance it it is the idea of the of counterfactual history and mm-hmm. i think that's a self explanatory thing where you create and you recreate and you re- recreate histories in yep. order to reimagine hopeful futures right yep. whether you, whether it's whether it's that or it's the engagement with the concept of nostalgia i mean there are dialogues in that bloody show that that should be printed in newspapers today every <laughs> single day that, i mean it, yep. honestly and i think about it think about how our world has been impacted because of covid where there has suddenly been this instant need to go back to our past instant need mm-hmm, to go mm-hmm. back to everything that's comfortable and even ta- even things that never existed right we are manufacturing past in order to feel better about our present and and in order to feel better about what's to come right so that show with with its like existence of nostalgia pills and and dialogues like 
who wants to stay in the present if you can live in the past i mean my god that line right it oh so yep. good the the way the show capitalizes on nostalgia is no doubt an excellent factor it doesn't hurt mm-hmm. that it imagines it through the idea of superheroes which is such a ridiculous notion for such a rooted problem but yep. just like 10 seconds of my two cents on it what i love about the show is number 1 please yeah number 1 it did have a previous adaptation zack snyder did try to make a movie about it and it was yeah. terrible it was a uh, terrible i wouldn't thing. say it was terrible i, I mean, wouldn't no, no, say no. it was there terrible are, there are there are there are varying opinions on this but the majority is on my side i find it terrible and the majority of the world does find it terrible right mm-hmm. it was very simple for a studio to say you know what clearly this novel can't be adapted into an on screen version and that had be the end of this right they didn't do that the tv show said you know what there is a right way to do it and we are going to do it and we're going to show you and they did it which is what makes it twice as amazing for me number 1 yeah number 2 mm-hmm. like you said the organic extension of what was essentially a graphic novel about americanism so to speak yeah. the idea of the superhero coming to represent the idea of america is at the core yeah. of the novel right to extend mm-hmm. that into the idea of white america being represented mm-hmm. by a superhero and the superhero becoming yeah. a symbol for the revolt of black america against white america after years of oppression yeah right that seamless transition is just i can't the writers of this show deserve every award and it's so hard for me to believe it's here by the same people who made lost because my god what a tragedy lost was well i've not seen lost i don't know lost but, was but this is horrible but this show i'm with you nails it no doubt yeah so i mean that's i, I don't want to say any more at the risk of spoiling anything but simply it really impacted and when i when we're talking about impact of course it has not impacted my my life in any real way except for the fact that it has impacted my phd and my phd is my life let's be honest <laughs> my 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 life ends when my phd ends so um and there is someone who is responsible for you doing your phd on watchman i'm not i'm we're not doing that <laughs> just admit admit what it is i am the reason you're doing this phd <laughs> This is I the only time I would say this on, on this it. podcast. I was the only time I would admit it. Ananya did introduce me to Watchmen, and Ananya was the reason I wrote my master's dissertation on Watchmen, <laughs> and which then, of course, got extended to a PhD. So thank you, Ananya. Glad All right, you go. One of us benefit from our relationship. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, screw you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding, of course. Both of us benefited equally. Uh, wow, I had wow, many, the many sarcasm could not. Had, no, it be. wasn't sarcastic. <laughs> but after that, I had so many mean jokes that I didn't make. It was just too mean. No, both of us did. I am very grateful for having oh. dated you. Moving on, my show is fairly obvious. I'm sorry. It is okay. Bojack Horseman. I have to do yep. it. No, show, no surprises. Man. I know it's like the cliche straight male thing to say, like, "Oh, I like Bojack Horseman," but it's not just that, right? I was talking to someone who messaged us, by the way, talking about how mm-hmm. much they love the podcast. So, so hey, if you're listening to this, thank you for that. Great show, great show, no doubt. Great writing, some of the best writing on TV ever. Like one of my favorite lines from any TV show ever is from Bojack, where one character who is breaking up with another character without any spoilers says to them uh when you look at someone through rose colored glasses all the red flags just look like flags which this is your most quoted line from from Bojack Horseman oh my god <laughs> what 
I really, I really, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I really want people to know that Ananya genuinely brings this up in everyday conversations. Sometimes, even while comforting me, he will bring this up. <laughs> It's it just such a good line, though. It is such it good is. writing. I, I have to agree. I it have is. To agree with you. It is almost. It. It is. It. Okay, I'll tell you what it is. It is Shakespearean contortion of the English language in a very yeah. millennial context. Yep. It is just a turn of phrase that seems so simple when you think about it. Of course, of course, this is right. Yep. And it holds true for all our lives, but no one would ever think to put it like that. And of course, the writing's great. But I'll tell you what—that's not why I love the show. The reason I love the show, and I have taken notes for this, was first time in any episode I've taken notes. <laughs> right? Yeah. And this is what I talked about with Suhail, who messaged us today. Bojack is not the hero of the show. He is the lead of the show, but he is not hero. Right? He's not virtuous. He's not the lead of the Odyssey. He doesn't mm-hmm. have that yeah. hero's journey. He is inherently flawed, and he is full of scars. Some that he's born with, and some that he inherits, or some that he gains along his entire life course. And those scars inform who he becomes as a person. And he is horrible and manipulative, and self-pitying, and angry, and bitter, and sad, and unhappy in general. But he is the lead. And the thing is, that's how most of us view ourselves in our lives. We don't think we are perfect, but we are still the leads of our story. Yeah, I think that's what makes Bojack beautiful. He is the lead, but he is us. He's not perfect. Yeah, the show does not pedestalize a uh, pedestal. The show does not pedestalize him. He does not pedestalize himself. Absolutely but he not. is. Absolutely not. Of his own, yeah. Which is why, again, I get really disturbed by people who say, "Oh, I so relate to Bojack Horseman, dude. I totally get like I'm, I'm just like Bojack Horseman." I'm like, no, dude, you're not supposed to be like him. That's not an aspiration. Yeah. That is the worst of us. Bojack represents the worst of us trying to be the best he can be, which is what makes and him. And sometimes good. not being good enough. Yeah. Most of the times, not yeah. being good enough. The best thing, and again, this is from my notes, and I'm very proud of this. The best thing about the show, and uh, Raphael Bob Waxberg says this, is that the lead character of the show is a former TV star, right? And at the end of every old TV show, at the end of the thirty minutes, the show wraps up. So life is not a straight arrow in a TV show; it goes round and round and round every thirty minutes. That's which so good, is, yeah. Which in this show, he is living real life. And life is a straight arrow, and you have to go right through. Like I said in previous episodes, sometimes life's a bitch, and then you keep on living, right? <laughs> yeah. Diane Nguyen, who's one of the characters, one of the best characters yeah. in TV ever, by the way, has a jacket which has two straight arrows pointing forward hmm. to represent the show's idea of things in life always go forward and they don't resolve at the end and reset to zero. Except, I literally hate that I know this even without having watched the show because you've told me this before. Except at one point in the show. Someone plays Diane on a TV show, on a thirty-minute sitcom TV show, and that portrayal of Diane, that character, has jackets with arrows going round in circles. Because in a TV show, mm. that's what happens. At the end of the mm. show, the arrow resets. And the contrast of TV to real life, especially for someone like me, who lives his life based off of pop culture, it is. Such a mind-bendingly amazing show. I know many people have seen it, and I'm sound like just preaching to the choir right now. But if you haven't seen it, I cannot, cannot recommend it enough. Please watch it. I have never finished watching that. I've not seen the re- seen the latest uh, uh, season of it. But oh, also, the by the way, that I did see one of the one of the greatest endings. One of the greatest endings in any TV show, without any spoilers. Real makes you feel like it has ended without being a TV show ending. 
perfectly done. Sorry. I so I was saying no, no. I was just saying that. So the seasons that I did watch, I absolutely loved it as well. But I loved it for different reasons, I suppose, because um, I loved it for the nostalgia and the way it had tackles nostalgia. the show and i won't i won't get into it the only reason i'm mentioning this right now cuz this is a very good segue for the next show that i'm going to talk about and i hate to be that person who brings in psychoanalysis <laughs> and freud in go conversation ahead, but i uh, i that is exactly the basis of my next uh, show and relates to bojack as well is that there is this sense of working through right freud talks about this concept of working through trauma working through something traumatic mm-hmm. your whether mm-hmm. it's in the past or whatever mm-hmm. and not being able to do it so what happens when you're not able to quote unquote work through something that you've gone through you end up repeating it now this mm-hmm. is this is his this is what he talks about he says that when you're unable to move when when you are unable to confront what happened to you you re- repeat and repeat and repeat and you try to relive the thing that happened to you and you don't want to work through it it's only when you realize what the trauma was it's only when you realize exactly what fucked you up can you actually begin to start the process of working through okay now i i personally believe that bojack's nostalgia is exactly is is exactly him being stuck in the repeating phase of his trauma he does not want to confront he does not want to confront that he's a failed tv star he does not want to confront that that part of his life is over so what he does is every single day he wakes up and he tries to repeat that same lifestyle but it's not the same life anymore right yep. now i haven't seen the later i haven't seen the later seasons i don't know what happens and i can't say I, but I, that I brings really me but your theory is very okay. interesting and now that brings me to russian doll which is another show that i really really loved and i, I feel like it came in it came and went too quickly like it came people saw it people loved it and then it just people forgot about it very quickly is there no it was a very too? quick sh- i don't think so no oh no i would love to oh. so i mean if there is it hasn't come out and it's been years mm. so um right now i'll be very quick about this it just really it it's that show really had a really really made me think a lot you know when you just stop watching it and then you just it's on your mind you just it's not it doesn't let let go of you because you keep trying to work it out you keep trying to figure out what the hell happened there right and then it, and then this is my interpretation of it okay i think the show is about therapy the entire show oh is about therapy and and about freud's remembering repeating working through i am so bloody sorry for this guys like this is could this just, is an essay by just, him could you just give the audience a brief summary of what the show is about this is one second just just if you guys are at all interested the the essay's title is literally remembering repeating working through by freud uh and russian doll is about this woman and the and the main plot is that every episode she's at a party she goes to the bathroom and then she leaves the bathroom and then she she dies and the minute she dies she's reborn in that bathroom at the same moment as she left as she left i don't know how to explain it no that that's her perfect. life yep. resumes yep. her life resumes from, from that like, very it's like point it's like she resets she resets the like, point exactly her life yeah. reset is a great word exactly her life resets from that moment in the bathroom and nobody else outside has any idea what the hell has happened because time has reset also so the whole the whole series is about her dying resetting dying resetting and she has no fucking clue why this is happening to her what the hell is happening and and this is the thing and it's the weirdest thing to watch it's the absolute weird weird 
it's it's a very weird thing to watch because the her responses to the situation are exactly how you'd respond if you were in that situation, right? Yep. You're just like mind fucked. You're like, what the hell is going on? And nobody around you can help you because nobody's experiencing this with you, and they think <laughs> you've got, you've gone crazy or high, yep. right? Now I think that it's about therapy, and it is about Freud's Freud's remembering, repeating, working through because you just keep on repeating. We all, in our own way. people who suffer from anxiety you and me we, mm. we panic we who struggle with anxious thoughts right we at some level repeat behaviors that are probably not great for us but we repeat them not because we want to or because we don't want to possibly confront what we're, we're trying to run away from but simply because we don't know what it is Mm. and then what do we do we take therapy and we t- and and we take psychotherapy because we want to understand what it is from our past that hurt us so much <laughs> that is making us remember that is making us repeat oh do, so uh, for me russian doll because in the end when she when she you know i don't want to say anymore but she walks it out and then in in freud's term she works through what it is that and so what the show does it literalizes it literalizes that repetition and i'm getting goosebumps as i say this i never discussed this before with anybody but it literalizes including me by the way i've never done this theory yeah it literalizes the rep- rep- repetition that you me and a million other people le- do in our lives we repeat behaviors but we just are not aware that we're repeating them because we are not aware of what we're running away from so we are not able to work through our traumas right but when that show literalizes it and it it literally like it can't be more literal than that repeating life you repeat it right until you are forced to confront what it is that you don't want to confront and then you work through it so that show really fucking like i was like man this show is about therapy that is a good theory dude like genuinely blown away well done just Amazing work there, and it's thanks. It's the first time I've articulated it. I think it has merit. I think I, it I think definitely has merit because there. every single thing you said made sense to me. But it's also very interesting that you think that because you saw this show and thought of Freud, whereas mm-hmm. because you have your own influences, whereas I saw this show, mm-hmm. and in my mind, this show is not about therapy. This show is about TV. Hmm. How do you mean, Tommy? This show is literally about how. in tv at the end of every episode everything resets i thought the oh. show was a meta parody of the form with which it was being told right and of course there are other mm. themes in it there are themes of repetition i'm sure right but in my mind mm. what the creators of the show have done is mm. and what blew me away with the show was they have made a tv show that uses a parody of the form of tv storytelling to make tv storytelling that's interesting yeah every every episode at the end of every episode things always go back to normal is what south park i don't know if i mean for those who of you who have watched that. south park at the, in every episode one of the characters named kenny mccormick he he dies and at the beginning of the next episode somehow he is reborn for no reason mm. which is a parody of the form right yeah yeah in the same way i always view dushan doll as the parody of the form of tv storytelling that Listen, it's TV, right? What if, what if our life was TV? It would be a ridiculous thing. It's using the notion, mm. the absurdity of TV storytelling, and sort of superimposing it on real life, and saying these two do not work together. If your yeah, life was, yeah. it would be a freaking nightmare, right? Like when, yeah. And I'm quoting one of the lines from the show where she says, "Thursday, what a concept, right?" <laughs> 
the the meme of the year. <laughs> By far the defining dialogue of 2020. Thursday, what a concept, right? But yeah. Thursday, what a concept is something you would only say if such a meaningless superimposition was implanted on your life. That listen, mm-hmm. you're going to die, but it doesn't fucking matter. Because you will be yep. born at the beginning of the next episode. What is an episode in real life? It makes no sense. Except in Russian doll. So Thursday, what a concept is not something yeah. you and I will ever say. Because we need regular yeah. lies. But because yeah. the lead character's life in Russian doll is being forced upon by a TV show concept. That line yeah. makes sense. That's so good. Don't you just love when you can interpret shows? In, in different so ways, different ways. <laughs> entirely it's different amazing. ways. It's beautiful. And and just a quick, just a quick addition. Another reason why I I thought that the show was about therapy and and self reflection is because of course it's called Russian Doll and the idea of there being a doll inside a doll inside a doll inside a doll. It's the idea good, that oh. you yeah that you have layers and that you think you've chipped away at the last one but actually there's always going to be another one right that's what therapy teaches you um there's always going to be a deep seated reason for something that something yeah. that you're doing in the present my tv yeah. shows really I are a mirror aren't they it. at the end of the day really that's all they are. they're just mirrors because we will see what we want to see <laughs> All right, I think, what's your I one? think we only have time for one more, right? I think we do have time for one more. Although I feel like we should just make our third one also one of the highlight, like just something we just rush through. Quickly. All right, fine. We, uh, I will go one more in detail, and this will be a yeah. long episode as it turns out. I will make one more in detail, and then okay. we just list go off on. one bonus each. My next one is the newsroom, and mm-hmm. many questions will arise when I mention the newsroom. Is it Aaron Sorkin's best work? No, that's a few good men. Is it Aaron Sorkin's best TV show? No, that's the West Wing. There is something about the newsroom that pulls me to, which is why I've watched it like seven, eight times. I can recite entire episodes in my head without ever. So can I, Ananya, without even having watched it, because I'm because your I've friend. Because I've told you so much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the amazing thing, the great thing about the newsroom, and at the core of it, is that it's great. And I know that sounds very simplistic and reductive. But Sorkin's writing is great, and I think, mm. of course, there are lots of problems with the newsroom. It is this beacon of American exceptionalism, like the beginning of the show, and this is the mm. seven-minute clip that everyone watched on YouTube about how yep. America's not the greatest country <laughs> in the world. I've taught it in class. Yeah, right. everyone's watched that clip. Right, it is this beacon of American exceptionalism, and America's great, and we are founding on great principles. No, we are founded on slavery. But yeah. At the end of the day, is great storytelling number one. Mm. Number two, I as a person have always had great reverence for journalism as the fourth pillar of democracy. So mm. this really appeals to that sentiment, which makes me believe in a world which is filled with Fox News. Okay, and yeah. for yeah. those of us listening in India, Republican Times now, right? Uh huh. Yeah. In a world. Filled with these news channels, for me to believe that there are journalists whose objective is just to get the unbiased truth out there in the right context is basically a fantasy. Yeah. That's what the newsroom is. It fulfills a fantasy in my heart that says there are good journalists out there willing to work for the truth, even though part of me knows ninety percent of that not true. But I'm okay with it because I want yeah. to live that fantasy and I want to be in that newsroom. With Will McAvoy and all the other characters, when they take decisions that actively go against every principle <laughs> that I know from journalism today, like there's a case going on in India right now, 
right, around the suicide of a popular Bollywood movie star. And it's terribly tragic. It's terribly tragic. And a former girlfriend of that movie star has been dragged through the mud for her possible Absolutely. Uh, and yeah, being, being it's violated. A, it's yeah. an entire country's refusal to accept that the star in question was depressed or bipolar, right? Yeah, yeah. And and it's the it's the whole misogynist, like it's the nation's misogynistic course, yeah, sentiments we blame, getting we blame channelized. A woman whenever we can yeah, blame of course. Right? If there's a woman course, involved, yeah. we blame her. But it's yeah. used journalists down to vultures. They are picking yeah. at the flesh of whatever is left and it has completely destroyed my faith in journalism. But the newsroom is good. It's pure and it's funny and witty and all the journalists know the right thing to do even if they're bad. It's, it's aspirational, isn't it's, it? It's, it's a fantasy. It's <laughs> literally <laughs> a fantasy. In the same way that Harry Potter was a fantasy to a 10-year-old child yeah. who wanted to escape to a world full of magic, that's, newsroom is adult Harry Potter. Isn't is that so it, sad? Isn't is that so sad? Good journalism. Sad. Good journalism is it now is an fantasy. It's fantasy. It's ridiculous. Like what yeah. a journalism guide entirely by the requirement of information for voters. That's an, an absurd notion. Yeah. And it to the extent that sometimes, God, I'm going to regret the statement later. There have been times when I have questioned, am I dating a journalist right now because of my reverence for <laughs> journalists? <laughs> I'm not saying this has happened often. Right? I, if the person question is listening right now, that is not the case, as I have come to that conclusion. But <laughs> sometimes Anya, I question. come on. Why would you plant the seed in your relationship so early on? <laughs> sometimes I wonder, am I dating a journalist because I have this weird reverence for journalists and that's not true. I don't and, think there's and, anything but it's but I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's not a bad reason to date someone, I don't think. It can't be the only reason. And that I do it like her as a person and everything. Of course. I mean yeah. I do I do really like her as a person. Of course, yeah. But dude, there is a part of me that aspires to good journalism so much mm. and no one can write pure noble characters that mm. are just grey enough to make them believable but otherwise so powerfully good mm. that you can aspire to them. They rise to the occasion. They have conflicting issues of morality and they always choose the right side, even though sometimes it feels like the wrong side. It mm. feels great. I can't. This is that's great. amazing. And I have, no, I have not actually watched uh, Newsroom, but that's, that, that's a very tempting. You've really tempted me to watch it with that. Yes. All right. Let's move to our quick highlights, shall we? You get one, I get one. Yeah. Uh, I was meant to talk about the fall at this point and not because of any, uh, I mean, keeping apart my obsession for true crime, for, you know, all of that, that drama stuff, like keeping that aside. I mean, the show has absolutely taught me so much in terms of, in terms of the psyche of a killer the psyche of a detective and with the female lead like that with a female detective Gillian Anderson I mean I I don't I don't really I don't want to say much she is a star she is is super she's incredible she's amazing and you know it's not it's not just it's not just the fact that she's such a great actress actually the the writing of the show is I have not ever thought of let's just say I've never thought of feminism and true crime all in one basket to this extent as I have while watching the fall because it has truly yeah because the dialogues that she that she has been given in the show are just my god like 
I, I, I actually I had a few written down, but I won't go into them. It's just it's such a it's a great show. I've just you only finished watching it yesterday. It's uh, a fantastic show. It is of course triggering. So there's a there's a big trigger warning. Like I I just like to say for anybody watching, but it's fantastic. So that's one for me. Do you want to quickly mention one? Yeah, I mean the one for me has to be Scrubs. And oh, I mean, of course, <laughs> you know how much Scrubs means to me as a show. And for context, you know you, what? I'm gonna Instagram. I'm gonna Instagram. Yes, I think you the, should. There yeah, was the on on on. So in the year that Archie and I were dating, on my birthday, she got me a cake which was essentially shaped like the Scrubs logo with a bunch of other stuff around <laughs> it. But the Scrubs logo was clearly the highlight because that's how much that yeah. show means to me. And I'll tell you why because it was the only time, like you said, you never saw like feminism and true crime mixing. Scrubs was the first mm-hmm. time where I saw this complete dismantling of toxic masculinity mm-hmm. in the lead character of a show. Like JD is not like a manly man, which I have I have really never been. Let's be honest. Right? Okay. He is yeah. not ever the guy who is not into romantic comedy. Like he's openly into romantic comedies. Just that. This is the way I am. Like I love romantic comedies, and he enjoys like long bars, and I enjoy long bars, and. These are not categorically manly things and he's not afraid to do them. And I loved it that there was a lead character of the show who was the driving force behind the entire show. And he didn't have to act like a man's man. Like Ross was the lead character of Friends. The stereotypical, yeah, like right. stereotypical male. But yeah. even though Ross wasn't like a man's man per se, like Joey was, he was so deathly afraid of being anything else that he was entirely homophobic yeah right. yeah yeah he he bought like manly detergent to impress Rachel when he thought his detergent was too unmanly he was against yeah. the idea of a male nanny so Ross had to become mm-hmm. like manly to be the lead he had to find yeah. these manly validations JD never had to do that he could just be himself and say, you know what this is who I am dude this is I don't need to subscribe to these notions of weird manliness to be the lead and I think that was so much validation for me as a person I was like, yeah dude I can just be who I am I don't give a shit it was amazing <laughs> and also if you haven't watched Scrubs and I will just say this one thing that show will teach you how to process emotion like nothing else <laughs> in the world because it will take emotion roll it up into a ball and punch you in the face with it Really? It is so good. I can't describe okay. to you the love I have for that show. And great music. I want to give a quick shout out to Fleabag. Because Absolutely. Oh my, who, who doesn't? Who doesn't? Uh, why, I mean, how could you not? Yeah, the show does so much. It's, it's yeah. unbelievable. Shit's Creek, my latest yes. love. Yes. <laughs> I, mm. just, I just want to say that, oh my God. I just want to say that the show in the little comforting bubble that it is manages to do things that top shows have not been able to do unproblematically that show the way it portrays pansexuality the way it normalizes the homosexual relationship the way in which it actually teaches you a very very important lesson very simply which is that change is the only constant and you can get used to anything if you want to Absolutely. It's excellent. I, I, I really yep. fucking loved it. I, I to, love it. To, to paraphrase Philip Seymour Hoffman from Almost Famous, Shits Creek does in a 20-minute episode what other shows take seasons to not accomplish. <laughs> oh, some, Almost Famous is really just time. It has a quote for everything. We, it has a quote for everything. And I, I, I do think we have set the course for uh, a series a movie of episode. episodes. <laughs> a movie episode, <laughs> then a the songs let's, let's, episode. <laughs> I think it's time. Let's do it. 
guys if, if you're listening and if you like this please tell us and we will continue this of course there's other shows like easy there's modern family there's master of none and there's friends which are shows that are full of problematic shows that are yep. either homophobic or Ooh. sexist yeah like but you know these are shows that are for for whatever reasons often comfort shows and for me for me for example modern family is the epitome of a show that got me through a time when things were not great in my own family so you know it was like this aspirational show where i projected all my un- unhappiness outwards and then i would watch this show and it would offer me closure in a way that my actual yep. family was not able to offer me which i think is such a classic i mean it's, it's absolutely nothing it's how, it's how we will keep it it's human it's how humans work but uh, same yeah. for me so and hamid by the way yeah and you know so there are these shows like easy which take little nuggets of life and just give you a little mm, mirror mm, and mm. just you know hold mirror up to your little little episodes that happen and i think there's something yep. fucking amazing about them amazing. so yeah these are these are my little snippets what about yours like i said how much your mother guilty pleasure of mine love it mm-hmm. love it to death mm-hmm. right great way to like you said project solutions that you aren't getting in your own life yeah but see yeah. other characters get how much mm-hmm. mother is probably the best at that mm-hmm. uh, other than that i don't know shit's creek is definitely up there the office is up there and this the office is up there because there is this thing that i have told many people over the years the office mm-hmm. is good because and i know you want to understand this academia but for the rest of us who worked in an office when you start working in an office you always start out thinking you're the gym mm. <laughs> right? don't be all Yeah. You start out thinking, dude, I'm definitely the gym of the office and for a while I was. Eventually, you realize, listen, <coughs> I have become the Michael. You have. And, must, and, so, and must, if you're lucky, I must yeah, embrace and it. If, no, no, no. And if you and if you're lucky, you lucky, at the end of the journey of Michael, you become a Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say if you're not very lucky, you you become Creed. <laughs> if you're not But, lucky, actually fuck it. If you're not if you're lucky, you become Creed as well. <laughs> If you're not lucky, you become Andy. But if you're lucky, you become. Ah uh, yes! What a show! What a show! Love that. That's why it. the office is great. And of course, again, listen. If we're problem. if we're talking if we're talking about office, we have to give a give a shout out to our our very very dear Parks and Rec uh, Parks that and we Rec. absolutely love. A show that made me feel. good about my nerdiness about my over planning about my prioritization of work over everything else Adam and Scott. feeling passionate about the most ridiculous things dude then then from parks and rec the way he talks about nerd culture is the way i talk about nerd culture <laughs> and yeah. he, first of all the big bang theory did not make nerd culture cool okay it made misogyny cool because those guys are just misogynists and there's nothing I cool about i swear to god yeah fucking hate that yeah. show fucking hate that yeah. show yeah yeah Parks and Rec Ben made nerd culture cool. He loved nerd culture and he rode with it. His idea of treating yourself is wearing a Batman suit. I love it. <laughs> and his ideal birthday gift is some nerdy prop from a TV show. I I cannot. Doesn't he make his own board game at one point? <laughs> this is a dream of mine. It is a dream of mine to I make my own. So much. So yeah, that's that's all my shows actually. That's my shows as well. And I'm pretty sure I'm forgetting some. I mean, there's so many that I I, I am a hundred percent certain there's going to be a part two, three, and four of this. And I'm, I'm so, so I feel like as soon as we stop recording, I'm going to be like, oh my god, I can't believe I didn't talk about this one. Knowing <laughs> you, that's probably going to happen. <laughs>
that brings us to the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be a long one, but hopefully people still want to listen to it. Yeah, and please, please tell us the shows that have had an impact on you or that you found meaningful. We would love to talk about them. In Or our- if you have any comments about the shows that we discuss and what you found meaningful about them, we'd love to hear about it. Hit us up and we'll discuss it on the next episode. So for this episode, weirdly enough, we're not going to be doing an X's and O's because really, what are we going to ask you? About <laughs> Archer's and Archer and I's ex relationship. Not many questions. This is going to be the first Cross the X's episode without X's and O's. But please hit us up with your inputs for the next episode. Tell us about your TV shows and we'll discuss it on the next time. Thankfully, this episode this can be slightly feel, longer. This makes me feel less guilty about the, yeah, the length of Because we this really episode. indulged ourselves. We really indulged ourselves for this episode. Oh, so self indulgent, this particular one. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. We will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.